listening to 66.6 Fright FM. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Fright Fright FM, FM. the only horror podcast with Trioxin245 built in. I think you got that right. Did I get that right? Hold on. Oh, God, it doesn't stand the plot. No. Um, um, pretty fucking impressive if I did, frankly. <laughs> that, we It took us about two hours to watch the first hour of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it took a, quite a while, but we made it, so that's good. Um, of course, that movie is Return of the Living Dead, um, a film you, which you've never seen. I had, I'd never seen it before today. Um, are you happy that you have now seen it and it is in your horror repertoire? It was it was pretty enjoyable. I'd say comparing it to other sort of spoofy, comedy-esque um, horror films, like I don't like it as much as something like Reanimator. I really liked Reanimator. And I, I liked this, but I, I wouldn't um, put it on the same level as Reanimator. Right. Um, so you, you're, you're saying you like Reanimator more. Oh yes. Okay. I love Reanimator. Um, the, in after I watched Reanimator, like a few months after we watched Reanimator, um, I started seeing on Tumblr, like people loving Herbert West and being like, Herbert West is an egg. Um, if you don't know what an egg is, an egg is, um, someone who has not realized that they are in fact a trans woman. (laughs) I, I didn't know this was a thing. Okay. Yeah, that this is what trans women usually refer to um, people who have not realized that they are, in fact, trans women as. Um. So I don't know if this is spawned from the first movie, but I never got that impression from the first movie. I've never seen the sequels of Reanimator, so maybe... I think it's probably a bit of a um, uh, the viewer makes the art thing. Okay. Um, I think it's cool. Um, I, think de- I think it doesn't... Uh, infringe on my theory that Dan Herbert and Dan's girlfriend are in a throuple. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um sadly we are not here to talk about reanimator. Sadly we are not here to talk we, about We already talked about that. Film. Are we watching Bride of Reanimator or whatever whichever one it is? Uh, I mean, you were kind of like perturbed at watching the sequels, but now you seem I I'm pretty pretty into it. Okay. I, I mean, we can. We could rewatch that movie sometime soon. All right, we should. I have it on Blu-ray. I think I have like bonus content on that Blu-ray low key. Nice. I think so. Anyways, um, have we consumed any horror media before this Loki? Before we talk about the titular film that we're talking about, um, nothing. Like I don't think anything new. Um, I mean, I always read watch horror media. I rewatched Doctor Sleep recently, which mm. is the sequel to The Shining. Um, if you've not seen that film, go watch it. It's really good. You've not seen it. You've seen part of it. Yeah, right. I definitely seen part of it. Uh, directed by Mike Flanagan, king of uh, horror, in my opinion, right I now. I still haven't seen the part with um flashback Jack and Shelley. You have not. You've seen Shelley. You've seen Shelley Duvall, though, because she's in the beginning. She does mm. a pretty good impression. It's the yeah. uh, one wife from uh, Haunting a Blind Manor. Um... Yeah, I rewatched that recently. Um, I low-key want to get back into Goosebumps. <laughs> I know that's we a, should. I, 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 Goosebumps was a part of my childhood. Um, I really love Goosebumps, and I 
when I went to Half Price the other day, I got uh, at Florence because I I was uh, getting gifts for a certain someone. Um, and I <laughs> in the horror movie selection at this Half Price Goods books, there was a copy of Goosebumps. Not a movie. It was an episode. It was a book actually. Mm. Um, Which I book? I I do not remember. I think it was. Oh God! The gr- it was a girl, and she was looking in the mirror, and she was like, "Oh, scared." I don't know the name of the book, but it 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 looked fun. I miss the old Goosebump um, covers that were fun. They were pretty inventive. They were pretty fun, and they got revitalized. I think in the two thousand and tens, and are look different now um and they're not as fun anymore in my opinion turning down my gain a bit so that mason's voice is not picked up in my microphone i'm so sorry I thought in I which mason needs to approach his microphone a little bit more I'm so sorry. that the levels are a little better okay hold on thank well, you oh shit i shouldn't have told you to do that because now i am going to have to <laughs> make sure that i have uh, discrepant volume I'm levels so sorry. for Mason close to the mic and Mason far away from the mic. It'll be fine. I just have to pay attention whenever I edit this episode. That's right. And I think I'm going to keep this little bit in, give everyone a little peek behind the curtain into the Imagineer's <laughs> mind. Into the into the process of making a Fright FM episode. The process of making a Fright FM episode is I play solitaire on my phone while the episode b- plays. <laughs> um, and then I press M to make a marker and then I kind of just go back to that marker and I figure out what I was trying to edit out. <laughs> See, I usually live edit. I I'm really particular. I I try. <laughs> Is this going to give us insight as to which probably episodes are edited by you and then edited by me? Maybe? Because I do live edits. I I have no time for markers. I edit the, when you tried editing the first episode and you did edit the first episode, but you like you made time stamp markers yeah, I for did. everything, like uh, on a on a sticky I note. I still okay. I make markers, but like I edit it live, like when I'm doing it. Like if I make a marker, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna delete so, this now. So Mason like wrote down on a piece of paper <laughs> like all the timestamps where he would need to cut something, and then he didn't realize that when he would cut something, the timestamp. <laughs> That would change. I I did not. I will admit this. I was kind of a dumbass in that I was like, oh, I forgot. Uh, these would change. So now when I edit live, I just make the marker live when I edit, mm-hmm. and then that's what I do. Right. Anyways, um, so we're talking about Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. I um, wanted to go on a tangent before we fully talked about the film. Go ahead. Uh, I w- I also wanted to talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion before we talked about the film. We did start watching We that. started watching that. Uh, uh, I just like it. It's good. It's kind of horror. It's kind of A little a little bit horrific horrific elements. Right. So, okay. So um you're like, "Oh, Return of the Living Dead. That kind of sounds like Night of the Living Dead." And then you wonder, "Wait, why aren't any of the George A. Romero films sequels of Night of the Living Dead?" Night of the Living Dead named Where's the Living? Right. Um, That's because Night of the Living Dead had two screenwriters. Um, George Romero and this other guy. Sadly, I cannot remember his name. I'm sure he's And his name Uh, was Lin-Manuel Miranda. Maybe it's Rudy Ritchie, the only um, screenwriter who does not have a credit in the film. 
Um, That's possible. So he wrote this this screenwriter who we will not concretely say is the one I said before, but he wrote Night of the Living Dead with George Romero. Uh, they wanted to go separate ways, kind of. So George Romero um, kept kind of doing, you know, making these zombie stories. He is very famous for his zombie stories. Personally, I like Dawn of the Dead more, but I am a Day of the Dead fan. Um, so then this other screenwriter goes and writes Return of the Living Dead. Um, 20th Century Fox buys the rights to the script. Wild. Um, and then completely rewrites it, takes everything out that uh, he had wrote initially and rewrites the script with these two other screenwriters. Um, and nothing of his original script, I'm pretty sure, is left in the actual film <laughs> because uh, the studio just was very interested in that they could make a sequel of Night of the Living Dead and still retain the name of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of... A- and I'm going to, this is a genuine comparison. This is kind of like the um, Lara Croft Tomb Raider situation with video games. Have you heard of this? I I have. Where So like with uh, video games having to do with Lara Croft, the Tomb Raider, there are two different like lineages of video games. There are ones that are allowed to use the name Tomb Raider and ones that use Lara Croft and then some sort of subtitle. Um, and they usually have very different play styles, but they're they're all based off the same source material, but they're completely made by different production companies. Right. It is it is sort of a stupid, wild situation, and I think kind of illustrates how dumb copyright can end up being. And and it's also very similar to this other situation, the horror community. I don't know if you know about this, but um, there is this current. Uh, thing where this one studio owns the rights to the child's play series mm, but, this but not other, chucky but not chucky since why the newest um child's play film with Was mark hamill child's play. but does not feature the titular character of chucky but has a new character named buddy and is voiced by mark hamill i love mark hamill but in this movie he's basically just doing his joker <laughs> voice yeah um, uh, i got he, that from the trailers <laughs> Yeah, he's just doing his Joker voice, except he doesn't go, like, raspy when he goes high. He just goes, like, into a higher-pitched voice, but it's his Joker impression. Not Joker impression, but Joker voice what? acting role. Um, um, We've gotten on a bit of a tangent. We have. Maybe but, we should talk about this film. Uh, Which is a very enjoyable film. It is in my top ten horror comedies of all time. It sits n- rightly at number two, right after Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Um, right after that after Return of the Living Dead is Gremlins 2. <laughs> nice. Good good order. All right. Um, this film is funny, but I think introduces one of the most horrifying concepts for zombies ever. Smart zombies? Smart zombies and also zombies that when you still cut them apart yeah. are still animated. Anyways. Yes. So this plot starts on July the 3rd. Um, right before the 4th of July, I would like Which to know. Which does not play into it at all. Um, I don't know. This film does critique the government quite a lot. Yes, but I, I think when stuff is set on like the day before 4th of July, I feel like a, f- a huge fireworks display often comes into effect right. in like the third act. 
this does not this is this does not this all takes place in one night right um so uh we have our chichu character of frank uh frank the actor appears in other horror media i'm not sure if you've seen the horror media but he appears in creep show uh he's appears in one other like kind of campy horror film i kind of forget which but he appears in creep show and then he's uh showing the new guy freddy the ropes of this uh medical supply warehouse yes but uh, they only seem to supply like um skeletons and cadavers and like, these half split dogs like teaching cada- first off most teaching skeletons are not in fact real i don't think they are usually real skeletons uh yeah i don't think so either but these film implies these are skeletons from india um, yeah i don't i don't get that i still don't understand why that is um it, by the way it's not played for any like racist jokes in this film it's, it's not it's just like there there uh uh frank says he thinks that these skeletons are from farms because they have perfect teeth but it's not implying indian people have perf- not perfect teeth it's just like i don't think anyone who was dying would have perfect teeth um yeah so uh no not not made for any racist jokes it's a part of the film uh, and then we get this wonderful sequence where Freddy asks Frank, like, oh, like, have you ever seen anything fucked up? Yeah, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Yeah, and, 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 and Frank's like, all right, Freddy, you know that film, Night of the Living Dead? Boom. What? Boom. Name fucking, drop. Boom. Fucking gotcha. Um, it references, um, so, like, I guess... People don't talk about there are technically two film routes you can go with of like what film like sequel you can go with night of the living dead because there's dawn of the dead and then day of the dead or you could watch the whole return of the dead living series mm, return of the living dead um which is like punk 80s ass sequel film and then when did this movie come out 1985 five okay yeah um and then there are midway through reagan's term i feel like it doesn't have any there are did you notice there's um a a poster of nixon and reagan and the i did not notice that there is a poster i i I will hold by this there's a poster of nixon and reagan both in the um where the tanks are you see it while frank and uh freddie are huh re animating i guess they're waking up from their coma okay anyways so freddy asked frank like oh what's the f- most fucked up thing you ever seen he's like you know that film night of the living dead well it's all based on real events and he's like you're shitting me man you're you're totally joking me and frank's like swear on my heart man this is all real and he basically explains that there was this mix-up with the army where they were supposed to send the corpses to the chemical place. The, they were, so the corpses got animated. Be, the corpses got animated at a VA hospital because of some chemicals from Darrow Chemical Company, which I'm pretty sure was they said like trioxin two four five. If I got it right when we <laughs> opened this episode. Um, and the bodies were supposed to be sent back to Darrow Chemical, Chemical Company, but they got sent to this medical supply company instead. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> then we get one of the best line diver- deliveries in cinema history where 
uh, Frank goes, you want to see him? And Frank goes, what? <laughs> Frank goes, the corpses. Uh. <laughs> then we cut to uh, Freddy's girlfriend, Tina, with these bunch of punk people. There's well, okay, because there's that other guy, um, Chase is his name. Yeah. There, there's like a, there's like a kind of weird group in this punk. It's like mainly punk group, except for Tina. Except for Tina and this other guy Chase. And I feel like Spider's not like they're a all, super punk. Right. They're all, but like Spider's just got a mullet. Okay, but and like, a vest. But like Tina's the most clean cut. Yeah. Uh, Tina's the most prep of the whole right. group. And it's like one of these things that's not like the other. Anyways, uh, Tina's being, a, I guess, a good girlfriend and uh, trying to get her boyfriend, uh, Freddie, picked up mm. at his new job. Uh, cut to this military guy. He's just doing military stuff. We learn that he's part of the organization that is trying. He's part of the army. Yeah, they're looking for these these dead bodies that were supposed to be shipped to and this. they've been looking for them for like a few years at this point yeah they're like they're <laughs> if, if like what night of living dead came out in 1967 i want to say it was the 1960s yeah so they've been looking for these for like 20 years um presumably and, and they're they're in this shipping containment place in louisville kentucky it's in louisville kentucky this film takes place for a majority in Louisville, Kentucky, because I think we assumed because this is pretty close to our home here in Pawnee, Pawnee Indiana. Indiana. Um, we assumed because there is a punk scene in Louisville, which I do know about. Yeah. Um, if you ever heard of LDB Fest. Right. Um, anyways, so Frank and Freddie go down to where these corpses are contained in these tanks. And uh, Frank opens one of them up. You see one of the most famous zombies from this movie, Tar Man. Uh, and he's like... <laughs> Played by Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Not true! That's George. I'm thinking of George of the Jungle. What are you fucking I was making. About? I was making a joke on Tarzan. I'm thinking of George of the Jungle, everybody. Uh, so... Uh, Freddie makes this comment of like, oh, like, these won't leak or anything. And Frank goes, no, they're made by the U.S. government. Kicks one of them. Smoke comes out. We get our opening credits set to some baller 80s music. All the music in this is pretty good. Um, Most of the cinematography in this film is pretty good. Here's the thing. I was talking about this. I think even bad horror movies back in the day had at least some redeeming qualities to them. Like, listen, is the plot to this movie the best thing ever? No, it's typical zombie fare. We have a surviving group trying to survive the zombie apocalypse, and then all hope is lost by the end because the U.S. government nukes the place. But, as they should. As they should. I mean, but also this... I mean, we also we also have to take into the factor that this is a thirty year cycle, fifties B movies. This is a B movie in the eighties. Mm -hmm. um, we should make a um, 
sort of remake for this. Not a remake, a sequel to Return of the Living Dead. There are already two. We should make a new, better one. Okay. I mean, the, the sequels to this are known very to be bad films. So, pretty well, low bar for us to clear. Right. So, we could make something good from this. Anyways, I mean, listen. Uh, Gremlins. Gremlins is not a A-plus film. Do I personally love Gremlins? Yes. It's, you do. It's a, it's a great film. Uh... This film has, uh, other than two effects, has very good effects. These all zombies are very convincing as zombies. This is also one of the few zombie films which introduces the idea of all not all corpses are the same. Uh, I feel like uh, zombie films kind of get very lazy with their corpses. They're like, eh, they're all kind of the same mm. level of decomposition. Anyways... Uh, we get our credits uh, eventually. Tina and these punks meet up with this one guy named. His name is Suicide. And Suicide is very angry. Like, why don't you guys call me? He's basically a punk version of Biff Tannen. Well, even he's a he's a version of um, uh, what's Biff's grandson? Oh, um, um, oh, what's his name? Because Biff's grandson is already Griff, pretty punk. Griff. Griff. Griff, Griff is already pretty punk right. in Back to the Future 2. I think they're very similar. Griff and Suicide are very similar. Uh, Griff is like, why don't you guys, like, call me up often? He's like, because <laughs> we only need you for rides. He's like, why do you only need me for rides? And Spider's like, because you're fucking creepy, dude. Yeah. And then he looks at Tina and goes, Take the wheel. And Tina takes the wheel. And he starts beating the shit out of Spider. <laughs> it's so funny. All the characters in this movie are great. <laughs> and they're all played by, like, the risk. Like, okay. Another thing that horror, bad horror movies do today, they cast the wrong person for the role. Everyone that is casted in the role in this film is perfectly cast. It's, it's pretty tight. Um... We have this one woman as trash, um, and she's a punk goddess. And she, she was, I guess, so I, I actually checked it. So she was in this band called uh, The Skirts in the early 1980s, presumably before this movie was made. Right. Uh, she was a singer. Just like I don't, how Sarah... They sound like probably a punk band. Which makes sense, because her look in this film is very punk. And pretty hot <laughs> i mean she is um very much undressed for a good part of this film punk, even when punk she is gf <laughs> so um uh the the, the all the punks and tina and suicide all arrive at where freddy's new work is however and freddy does not seem like someone who be friends with these people either I don't know. He's they must have all punk. been chi- they must have all been childhood friends, and then just like kept kept sticking together. I don't know. When they grew Freddy, up. Freddy's all uh, kind of punk. He has like pierced ears and a mullet. Uh, I don't know. He wears a tank top too. I guess. Um, so the heck, they Boy, the ar- heck. They arrive and uh, suicides like when is he off? And Tina's like he's off at ten. He's like I'm not. 
fucking waiting two hours. Yeah, which Tino, why did you have everyone <laughs> show up two <laughs> hours before he gets off work? Right, uh, guys, we gotta go pick up my boyfriend at work. Okay, gets there. What time does he get off? Oh, ten. Looks like clock. It's eight o'clock, Tina. Uh, but Trash has a very good idea in that she points out that there is a cemetery nearby called. Very on the nose, Resurrection Cemetery. Um, this film is very on the nose. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so instead of getting out of the car, which is only like 20 feet away from the cemetery, <laughs> they drive up to it instead. Daniel and I both, even though I've seen the film before, I think I had a very distinct memory of them breaking through the gates of the cemetery. Yeah, I figured they were going to, That's but they just like, they just the drive up front. to it and are like, all right, let's break in. Uh, I think Tina asks, like, oh, suicide, what are those flares for? And they're, they really end up being for nothing. They just kind of be off. Uh, they use them for just fun lighting. They use them like Roman candles, right, fucking essentially. For, uh, for uh, Trash's weird strip show. strip show. Cut to Frank and Freddy waking up from this chemical... Uh, just mess getting on them. And these two are some fucking clowns. I, okay. So when it's like just Frank, Fred, and uh, what's his face? Bert. Jerry? Bert? Okay. It's just Abbott and us. Abbott and Costello. Like 20s, like. Third base. Right. Like just weird, comically, like, vaudevillian, like, shit with zombies. So Frank and Freddy wake up and they're like, "Uh oh, stinky!" <laughs> they they're like, "Okay, we smell this chemical toxin. It smells really bad. We gotta get upstairs." They start spraying. Frank has a thing of uh, Lysol, <laughs> right? And starts spraying it around, and then they hear this whimpering, and it's set up earlier that these are there. There are these half dogs that are used for uh veterinary school right and you see this dog on the ground whimpering yeah they're like they're real half dogs they are they're not just like plastic this movie is so funny because i it either implies that teaching uh like anthropology not anthropology anatomy teaching tools are actually made of real bodies or that um this toxin like brings plastic to life of whatever it's in the shape of which i think is a hundred percent better <laughs> than than the reanimated actual dog corpses so yeah there's these reanimated half dog corpses and frank starts beating the shit out of <laughs> and freddy's like no don't do that interesting stance to take freddy right uh then we hear this banging on this metal door and you're like uh oh and you realize that there has been a cadaver in there and that the cadaver has reanimated so frank and freddy decide to lock this corpse inside the uh meat locker i guess um yeah i don't know why they have they are again a medical supply um warehouse i don't know why they have an actual body <laughs> newsflash not a medical supply 
So, uh, they start having this freak out where, um, Frank is like, we can't call the police. That is a bad idea. Uh, it will end in, uh, just not good things. And Freddy's like, okay, then let's call the number that's on side, uh, that's on the side of these, uh, you know, uh, tanks that the corpses are. And then Frank's like, no, that's the army. Can't get the army in we there. We can't get the army involved. And he's like, you know what? I've just thought of something. Let's call the boss. Or, and and we meet very early on this character, uh, uh, Bert, um, who is the owner of this establishment. Fuck and, me. Oh, did it spill bad? A little bit. <laughs> is it okay, though? Yeah, I'm going to go. You you keep talking. I'm going to go get some paper towels. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Frank calls Bert, and uh, basically it's like, listen, we don't, we don't have the best situation on our hands. Uh cut to uh spider and uh oh my god trash having this conversation in which uh trash is talking about uh the worst ways to die uh and at first it just starts as this casual scene and uh it slowly progresses into trash kind of being just like turned on to the fact of like dying and stuff oh god am i dead uh oh no really yeah <laughs> should we pause the podcast no keep going okay Fuck. okay we're keep Make going it real keep it real <laughs> we'll keep it real um so uh yeah suicide <laughs> and no trash and spider are talking about this whole like worst way to die thing and like uh, Spider is like, I don't like to think death that much. And, like, Trash just keeps going on about, like, oh, the worst way of dying is, like, old men surrounding you and then just eating you alive. And she's trying to act all, like, punk and gothic and be, like, turned on by this. And, like, start stripping. <laughs> all right. Well, Daniel's cleaning this. We're going to call him out. When first, the first time Trash takes off her fucking Chloe, he goes, those look prosthetic. Yeah, oh, no, okay, wait. Let me get close <laughs> to the mic for this. Okay. Um, her, her, her breasts did look quite prosthetic, uh, and I thought it was going to end up being something like, they were there was going to be a prosthetic like torso for her. I thought there was going to be, like, something was going to burst through, like a zombie was going to stick a hand through, but I guess... Um, That's just so yeah, I think it might have been. I think it might have been the sweat and, and like the lighting, the lighting probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just <laughs> trash has this whole tr uh, strip show. Funnily enough, there is this uh, YouTuber I listen to who had a funny experience when they were as a kid. They watched this film and they also watched Ghostbusters and confused the scene in which trash. Uh, gets on the stage and uh, strips with the scene in which Gozer. Yeah, and, honestly, um, they kind of look similar. Yeah, they do. Uh, 
and this YouTuber confused for the many years that uh, Gozer was a topless scene in Ghostbusters, which 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 does not happen. Gozer is completely um fully fully sort of clothed clothed um in very light Dan Dan Aykroyd appropriate clothing. We'll say uh, um, appropriate to give a ghost blowjob in right. Of course. All right, so uh, Bert has arrived on the scene <laughs> and has basically asked Frank and Freddy, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and uh, Frank and Freddy are both like, well, you see, you remember those uh, uh, tanks the U.S. military accidentally sent to us? Meanwhile, the, the cadaver room, the door is just getting banged on, like... Screaming right. is coming out of it. This guy's banging on the door. Um and uh they 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 basically explain the situation to to Bert and are like, okay, there's this dead body that has reanimated and we need to do something about it. <laughs> um Bert initially, obviously, as a business owner, is pissed <laughs> and is like okay so here's what we're gonna do freddy you open up the door frank you take this pickaxe and uh <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna leon trotsky this fucking zombie. right because they 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 pose from night of the living dead that oh and that film they, uh, if you destroy the brain, the zombie dies. Gone. Also, they don't use the word zombie here in this movie. Really? I don't remember them using it. And I mean, they don't even use it in Night of the Living Dead. That is true. Zombies are a foreign concept in this culture. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess that's true. I, I, I mean, I guess they do refer to them as the living dead throughout or bodies coming up from the ground whenever it cuts the perspective mm -hmm. um so yeah uh <laughs> there's this very comical scene with bert frank and freddie when they finally release the uh animated corpse from the morgue uh slash meat locker they it comes out and attacks bert and you think Bird's down for the count, to be fair. Yeah. It does not look good for Bert, but Bert yells, Get him off me, Frank! And uh, Frank and Freddy both respond well to this and take the corpse off. Uh, meanwhile, Bert goes and gets the uh, pickaxe. Yeah. And uh, slays this corpse. But 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 twists. Yeah, like pins, pins its head into the ground. Uh, but it, it keeps squirming around. And I want to say, I think this movie, uh, I think this part is where you get to the idea that, oh, these aren't, like, biting zombies. Like, the bite doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does, because it does turn you. Like you, We, are. we never see anyone get turned by a bite, do we? Uh, I think we get to see the... Uh, uh, the, the at least one of the uh, members of the... Uh, the ambulance. One of them does call for more help. 
uh, when he is turned. But the other one is just dead. Well, I mean, they're still turned, but I think it's like you have to die. It's not just if oh, you get yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. You have to go through the process of dying, and that is exemplified through Frank and Freddy's transformation of because mm-hmm. they do start still as um, coherent kind yeah. of human beings, and then they are still kind of they have thoughts and such when they are still of the living dead. Anyways, um, so uh, <laughs> they they pin this cadaver in the head. And it is still not dying. And this is the kind of the first big twist of the film. Uh, I feel like a lot of 80s, like, uh, B-movies, like, have, like, twists that reinvent kind of the film. Like, the blob is not, the 1980s blob is not just the 1950s blob. It has twists and turns that reinvents itself. And Mm -hmm. this film certainly has that, you know. You are your expectations going into this film are oh they hit the brains they die um, because that's basically what every George A Romero to this film has posited yeah uh, you know this film was released after Dawn of the Dead at least it was not I don't think I think Dawn, Day of the Dead came out in 1991 I'm pretty sure it was in 1994. Mm. But Dawn of the Dead at least had came out at this point, and it still posited the theory that if you hit them in the brain, they're 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 gone. Um, and this film was like, nope. Every every even if you sever the whole corpse, the parts will still move around. This, and and that's a fucking scary thought. I don't think. Yeah. If I, I I could be wrong, but I don't think any uh zombie film before this had kind of posited that version of zombies. Um. Oh, I guess Reanimator didn't come before this, but it did. Reanimator does. Uh, okay. Cuz yeah. think of yeah, you can you can animate an individual part. <laughs> You're you really like Reanimator. I do yeah. like Reanimator. We sh- I guess I should bring that sometime. Yeah, I didn't realize how much it. I I didn't realize how much you actually liked the film after watching it. An enjoyable little picture. Uh it is. I re- I I rewatch Animator Reanimator sometime. Uh but I guess those aren't ever those are never well. I guess this film never posits them as zombies, but this is still considered a zombie film. Reanimators. Well, yeah, because zombie. Think about how many zombie movies use that term. Mm. Fair. Um, it, it's it because like zombie originally means it's like something. It's like a corpse animated by magic. And right. This is like a, it, a term from voodoo. Yeah. Um. So this again. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, okay, we should get back on the plot. So, uh, Frank and and uh, Bert and Freddy decide, okay, we're going to we're going to go to this this guy who <laughs> has a mortuary who, Ernie who runs Ernie. the yeah, the who, morgue. Uh yeah, there's a lot of these camp horror stars. Ernie's in a lot of camp horror films as well. I can't think of them, but he's another one. Uh the guy who plays uh Spider is in uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, he has this very famous line, whichever Friday the film he's in. Uh, he's in a uh, <laughs> a uh, porta potty and goes, These damn enchiladas! <laughs> and uh, his girlfriend and him serenade each other while he's uh, taking a shit in the porta potty before Jason kills them both. Nice. 
So he's in another camp horror film. But yeah, uh, Ernie himself, I'm pretty sure, appears in another camp horror film. So, uh, yeah, basically Bert's like, yeah, I've been friends with Ernie for all these years. I'm sure he'll he'll help out. He'll help out. So uh, cut to back in the uh, cemetery. Uh, Tina's like, Trash, why don't you put on your clothes? The show's over. And Trash is like, ugh, you don't like this? Or, like, it's disturbing you or something? I'm like, oh, yeah, this film was written by men. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you forget for a second, then you're blatantly reminded that this film was written in the 80s by men. Porn horror movies. Porn horror! Uh, they are a thing. So... Uh, Trash basically goes up to Suicide, who Suicide's like, no one understands me. He, yeah, he's like the head punk. I misunderstood. Like, you guys only call me when you need rides, and, like, you're spooked by me. And then, like, Trash tries giving him a blow Yeah, job. she wants to fuck him. And then uh, Suicide's like, don't you have any respect for the dead? Yeah. Uh, Then... They're like having a rager in this cemetery. Yeah, just having a ball. Is fucking in the cemetery really off the table? So then Tina's like, hey, uh, Spider, what time is it? And he's like, oh, bangs on his fucking uh, clock. Yeah, he's got a pocket watch. (laughs) He's got a fucking pocket watch. Bangs on it. Classy motherfucker. And he's like, oh, it's nearly 10. He's like, and Tina's like, ah, fuck, I probably should go see if my boyfriend's out of work because that's technically the time he gets off work. I think before this, uh, there's these two yeah, characters. They, uh, what are their names? Chase uh, and something else. Yeah. They, something or something like that. They see Freddy. They think they see Freddy. And it is and him. It is, walk but, into the mortuary. But, uh, Chase is like, no way that's Freddy. Why would he be walking into a mortuary? Why, do, why would he be walking into a medical supplies warehouse? Even though he works for a place that would theoretically it's across the street it's not that crazy and also again does supply fresh human it's real dog. skeletons right okay sure anyways uh so <laughs> we get introduced to ernie one of my favorite characters from this film he is a wise ass. I love him. And he is fucking strapped. <laughs> and and he's listening to this music and uh he's he's trying to get uh move the pros- process of rigor mortis along in this one cadaver that he has. I'm guessing he's trying to get it out for since he's an actual mortuary for an actual funeral. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why he's trying to get rid of the rigor mortis. I guess just to pose the arms. Right. So Bert comes in and (laughs) he nearly fucking shoots Bert. Uh, It's set up that he has a pistol. Um, And Bert's like, whoa, whoa, a little fast on the draw there. And he's like, I didn't fucking hear you, man. Uh, (laughs) We're introduced to Ernie being this amazing character. So, uh, Bert's basically like, oh, so what you doing? And Bernie's like, oh, you know, the Rick and Morty starts in the brain, but then slowly. Yeah, the Rick and Morty is, uh, the Rick and Morty (laughs) spreads throughout the body. Uh, and, and Daniel at this point in the film goes, 
I don't think that's how rigor mortis works. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. I think it's just like rigor mortis sets in, right? It, it, well, it's like because your blood is pooling at the uh, if your body's lying down, your blood is pooling at the bottom of your body, right? So most of your muscles are losing blood, and like that's what kind of allows them to move, right? Uh, but this film posits that uh, all the blood is just trapped in all these muscles, and you gotta break it out. Uh, so at this point, we I I should note that this film originally had a one, uh, makeup artist who worked on the one, uh, the first cadaver in the scene, and this one skeleton that pops out of the grave twice in the film though he pops up at the very end, um, and both of those fil- both of those scenes, at least in my opinion and other people's opinion, I don't know about your opinion, but are regarded as some of the worst effects of the film because all the other effects are pretty damn good in my opinion, which are done by the other makeup artists. The the skeletons, whatever, but yeah, that yellow cadaver is like, <laughs> it's kind of bad. It it, I mean, other than that, I think every other corpse in the film looks like an yeah. accurate corpse. This is the only one that's like, oh. Okay, that's definitely an animatronic puppet that's, like, kind of just moving a little bit. But, like, it's enough, I guess, you know. like. Well, I think most of the time it's a guy in yellow makeup, and then it's just a dummy. Yeah. Um, and then all the other effects other than this skeleton, which you can definitely see the rod that they used to puppeteer the skeleton and make its jaw go open up. Um. Are, are evident in the film. I think any any other corpse in the film is a pretty damn convincing yeah. corpse, especially uh, the brains, like the woman who it describes mm-hmm. as to why. Anyways, so <laughs> Bird is eventually like, "Hey, listen, like how how long have we been friends?" <laughs> and Ernie's like, "I don't know, maybe over twenty five years." He's like, "Listen, would you do anything for me?" He's like. Yeah, you know, you can trust me with anything. And I'm going to read a little subtext into Ernie and <laughs> Ernie and Bert's conversation. Oh, shit. Bert and Ernie. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Even the more Sesame subtext. Street. Even more subtext. They are gay for each other. I mean, there is this one moment where uh, at the very end, uh, Ernie's like, no, like, he'll still, like. He'll come back for us. He'll come back. Because his love, his love for for Bird is just so palpable. My theory is just getting stronger. Um, <laughs> it's it's and truly. He's like, is. I got a bunch of rabid weasels here. <laughs> you think you can burn them for me? And Ernie's like, Why don't you? D- no, I'm not gonna burn yeah, a bunch of live animals. Well, it's very funny because like I I think Ernie's like kind of the character that represents like us, like mm-hmm. as an audience of like, why didn't you call the animal like call animal control troll or like you know i have a gun like we could do it that yeah, way i'll go out in the yard and shoot them and, right. and bert's like ah no no you don't want to uh, let's not do that let's not do that because uh, obviously, eventually he caves and just explains right. the situation and brings out the arm of this corpse which again is still reanimated even mm-hmm. though it is all separated and grabs ernie by the leg and won't let go for a decent while and rips uh ernie's pants which leads to one of his uh, most iconic looks for the film in which he uh 
he cuts off the ripped pants and is rocking half shorts, half pants. And it's one of the most iconic looks of the films, in my opinion. It is something. So, uh, uh, I think we actually, this is the point where I actually cut back to Tina being like, I should check on Freddy. Well, I think Tina's at the, Tina goes to the medical supplies warehouse. Oh, yes. And she's looking around and she gets into the basement. And it's revealed. Okay. So before I even watched this film, there was this like face in my like (laughs) middle school where I would just look up horror clips. And one day I stumbled across the famous tar man scene mm. and this fucking zombie fucked me up as a kid. And I think rightfully so. It's a it, pretty damn good it, zombie. It's pretty scary. I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, it's, uh, it's just an actor in the suit, but like how they hide that it's actually just an actor is pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has like kind of this black makeup around where his actual lips are. And you can't really see it, so it's just, like, illuminated white corpse teeth are, like, lighted up. Anyways, finally Ernie's like, okay, fine, I'll burn this corpse for you. And Bird's like, thank God! And uh, they're, like, heating up the thing, and they're like, and, like, (laughs) Ernie makes this one comment of, like, listen, like, it takes, like, more heat to make, like, a heart burn. And, like, Bert's like, then do it. We got a heart here. (laughs) So he cranks up the heat, and then they uh, put all the, uh, all the bit of the corpse. I guess it's implied that the dogs that are half-severed are also. I noticed for the first time, there's also this subtle gimmick with these butterflies that are uh, dead that are actually <laughs> waving their wings. Daniel also noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never noticed it before this. Actually, that's because I, I think it was cool. It was a little cool. Well, I had the DVD version of this film beforehand. Oh, okay. So, and I think that was like the TV cut version, and it never showed me uh the scene with the actual cadaver is longer like they get to killing him way easier in the actual tv cut uh-huh. and there's some other things cut so i just guess i never noticed that thankfully i have the blu-ray now that has the full movie that was shown in theaters and is horribly punk and funny anyways uh, so they get to burning these corpuses and we get one of the, the main theme from this film, uh, which is horribly punk 80s, but also is kick ass. It's like, and you like get these like heavy drum solos. It's great. I, I don't know if an actual like album of this horror movie exists but if you can find it i'm sure someone's put together like a soundtrack or something on spotify go listen to it uh it's 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 great um so yeah the the chemicals of these burning corpses go into the air and mix with this storm that's already brewing and uh yeah it starts fucking thunderstorming and the punks are like oh no we gotta get to the car and suicide's fucking car is this shitty ass fucking car that uh the roof starts like fucking Mm. 
pouring in the there's, rain. There's no windows. Right. There's a tear in the roof. It won't start. Right. And, uh, so, like, trash is like it's burning my skin. Right. It's uh, implied to be that it's toxic rain. Mm-hmm. Um, From the trioxin oh, two four five. Right. Uh, again, this film is very critical of again how dare the U.S. government so foolishly ship these fucking contaminants to. Yeah, and so like something we didn't mention earlier is right before Frank and Freddy like let loose the chemicals the first time. Uh, Freddy's like, "Do these leak?" And Frank's like. Yeah, what are you kidding? These were made by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Kicks it and then just immediately fucks up. Like the the army is not something to be trusted in this movie. No one that is in a place of power is to be trusted in this movie. Well, well, like the local authorities, it's not like you shouldn't trust them. It's just they're not um, equipped. And I don't even. Yeah, I guess it's like nobody here is um, strong enough or well-equipped enough to handle this whole problem. Right. So, um, yeah, the rain's still falling. They're like, oh, my God, it hurts so much. Uh, We cut back to Bert, Ernie, (laughs) Frank, and Freddy. Uh, They're like, all right, it's done. And then Freddy and Frank are both like, we feel like absolute dog shit. (laughs) And you start realizing at this point that they're becoming... Yeah, because they look bad. Yeah, they don't look good. Uh, uh, once again, this is when the new makeup artist showed up to set, so their makeup is really good. Yeah, it is, re- they, it is really good, and they genuinely look like fucking right. dog shit. Uh, Frank has this moment where he goes into the outside and just vomits. Mm. Um, at this point... Uh, I think it's Ernie who calls the paramedics. <laughs> it's like they're poison, <laughs> and this is funny. But again, it's a it's a one sided telephone call, uh, where <laughs> where Ernie's like, we don't know what kind of poison. Okay, thank you, goodbye. Hangs up call. They're on their way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, at this point. Uh, Trash and all the other punks, Suicide included, Spider as well, decide to evacuate the car because that's a lost cause Mm. and go into where Tina is being cornered by the tar man. Yeah, the medical supplies warehouse. Uh, Tina locked herself in like a little storage closet. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Uh, And the tar man, who is smart, has, has hooked like a winch with a hook onto the door hand onto the handles of this yeah, locker this is this is the point we learned that oh not only are these zombies like even if they get chucked chopped up are like mm-hmm. they're not invincible they can also they're also use, smart they're also smart and still think i mean here's the thing they don't do anything a human couldn't do yeah uh which is the real fucking scary besides part. not die Right. Uh, again, they don't run enormously fast when they run. And they're run. not super strong. Right. They just run like, again, every time 
uh, a human is overpowered by them, it's because there's a group of them. Mm. It's or not the humans like surprised or something. Or right. I would like to talk how we just talked about one of the most depressing zombie films of all time. <laughs> and I don't think that film had as much scary zombies as this comedy horror I, film I does. I have to agree with right. you. Right. Because at least with those zombies, like if you shot them in the head, they died. Mm-hmm. They're, they're gone. Yep. You can kill those because those are just humans Alive with an people. infection yeah right uh these zombies are undead and this film posits they're undead and so uncillable. how so how can you kill the undead can't re-kill them right and that's fucking scary <laughs> um so uh yeah eventually uh the the punks come in and are pretty confident about saving Tina because they realize this crank is, like, opening these lockers. But then Suicide opens up the curtain and reveals the tar man, and he fucking bites his head. And one of the most, again, once this new effect guy taked over, the mm. effects are really fucking good. And this fucking, like, effect is disgusting. Yeah, there's, like, a geyser of blood from Suicide. Oh, head. my God. Pretty cool. Uh, it's it's cool, but again, it's cool in the fact that it's done very literally, and it's oh, eh. and uh, Tina is able to escape, go with the other punks. They all run up the stairs as because fucking Spider hits him in the head with like a rock or something, and he like is like more brains. I, I, I actually love the way Tarman talks. He just goes brains, and when he realizes there's more brains, he goes more brains. <laughs> um, they they make it up the stairs, and there's this great bit of dialogue when everyone runs away except for Spider, and Spider goes, "Man, is anyone gonna have fucking help me?" <laughs> yeah, he's trying to like barricade the door. Um, and yeah, I mean it's true there. <laughs> they, they all ran away except for Spider. Uh, and then they go back to the cemetery. Well, first it cuts to Frank and mm. uh, Freddie, uh, Ernie, and Bert with the paramedics. Uh, the paramedics uh, do some tests and horribly realize that uh, Frank and Freddy both are reanimated corpses. Well, well, they show like all the signs of a dead body, right. which like no blood pressure, no heartbeat, no heartbeat. Their room, their body temperature is room temperature. Um, and there's this great bit where they're like, one of the <laughs> the, the medical examiners like, can I speak to you for a second? <laughs> and the other medical examiner is like, yeah, you can. And they like go to this part of the room and start whispering to each other. And Frank goes, What are you saying? <laughs> Frank is such a little bitch in this movie, and it's so great. Because <laughs> Frank is so concerned as to what's happening to him. Freddy, not so much. He's yeah, like, Fre- Freddy doesn't care. Freddy's like, This is happening. Uh, uh, this might as well happen. Right. Uh,. So, yeah, then cut to the, uh, well, we get our first kick-ass zombie montage of the corpse reanimating out of the ground and such before uh, the punks go into the cemetery. Um, And 
and it's it's it, it it's great. We get one of the effects that was left in by the original effects artist, where you can see the pole that they used to puppeteer the skeleton to make his mouth draw open. Um, <laughs> you thought Evil Dead was bad. Awooga, does this film have worse effects than that? Hey, I think the effects in Evil Dead are pretty no, good. They are, but compared to this fucking pole skeleton, they look like the most divine art ever. That's true. You Again, you can blatantly see the metal pole every time they show the shot of the skeleton dropping his mouth. Uh, but thankfully, another kick-ass song starts playing when this happens. Mm. So I, I, I guess that's a, rem- a, a redeemable yeah, part. Yeah, it, it like started as this weird surf rock song, and then it transitioned into this punk. 80s yeah. rock. Um, this is sadly when we lose Trash, though. Uh, trash is... Rest in peace, our goth GF. <laughs> Rest in peace, our goth GF. She's sadly, her worst fear of death comes true. In an ironic twist where a bunch of old men uh, surround her and then eat her alive. Which is evidence that even your fetishes can be scary. Right. And also, by the way, uh, not to spoil the film, but we have already, but Trash comes back later and her body is perfectly fine. Yeah, she's... Like, I guess she's a little more gray and everything, but, like, what... The death we saw the that was car blob. The, the death that we saw that was implied, her body I think should have been much worse for tear. Yeah, probably should have. Um, but that's okay. I guess we needed a sexy goth GF zombie lady. You uh, know what? Hey, uh, we did. <laughs> and uh, I think she's one of the few characters other than the Tar Man that comes back in the sequels. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I think the Tar Man, because, again, she's credited in the other films, right? I don't remember. I think she is. I think she appears again. Anyways, so at this point, uh, Spider, is that the only one who, oh, there's that other Mohawk. Spider, Scuzz. Yeah. uh, And Tina. uh, Make it to. The Mortuary. Mortuary. uh, And are like. Let us in. And at this point, Ernie has his gun. Is like, are you on drugs? <laughs> you on PCP? You on PCP? And a weird question to ask. And Spider's like, no, we're not on drugs. Let us in. And he lets him in, and he goes, don't pull any funny business with his gun still out. At this point, he's like, uh, Spider's like, you hear that? And you hear the other corpses screaming in agony. Yeah. Uh, at this point, uh, Tina and Freddy reunite. Obviously, Freddy is not in the best of states, though. As... <laughs> yeah, he's fully gray. Right. Oh, I should mention at this point, our uh, emergency vehicle drivers have been taken over. Yeah, they got got. And one of them has called for more backup. Yeah, one of, the, it... one of the zombies says... Send more paramedics. Yeah, uh, because again, once again, these zombies are smart and are fucking horrifying. Yep. Um. So 
uh, we learn that Chase and this one other punk girl, again, I feel like this film suffers from what a lot of the Friday the 13th sequels suffer from, and that's too many characters yeah. that eventually just, their only purpose in the film is dying. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, like, okay, fine, but like, if we you don't really get enough time. Well, okay, we kind of get some time with these two characters, Chase and this other girl. Right. I don't remember her name. Got where we get this little subplot where she's like, "Oh, you want to fuck me?" And um, she's like, "Nice try, no way." Um. So, uh, <laughs> we cut back to uh. The, the kind of important group, I, I hate to say this, but the most important group in this film. Uh, yeah. Of Frank, uh, Freddy, Bert, Spider, Tina, the one other punk who is about to die in this next scene. Um, it's Ernie. Ernie. Uh, so they realize that the zombies are trying to break through the doors because they want brains so much. And they start barricading the doors. Uh, sadly, though, uh, what's his face? The one punk gets scuzz. Scuzz gets bit. Uh, well, by... he get, he starts getting attacked by this one like skeleton. Yeah, and he pulls lady. back. And actually, and we know she's a lady. She's still got a lot of her upper. Actually, half. we never see him again. Yeah, he just dies. Yeah. Wait. Okay, that's an inconsistency because all the other zombies. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Because he's in the lobby. Are you expecting highbrow from this film? Or an, like an outline or something? Or I don't know. Like I feel like every other thing that's set up comes back in this film. It is weird that he doesn't come back. Uh, I mean, I guess that one other... Uh, I guess... Never mind. I guess it's typical sometimes for them not to come back if they're really decomposed. It, well, maybe it took him like a little bit of time to die because right. I guess maybe he was just bleeding out for like a while. Right. Uh, because suicide doesn't come back in the scene where they go down. No, the he does not. Later, and that one paramedic does never come back. The one does. Hmm. But again, he wasn't fucked up as much as that one guy. So, yeah, the, he gets bit. Uh, there's this one uh, stained glass sequence. There's this church in the mortuary, and they kind of break through that. I like that a lot because it reminds me of this one scene from The Fog, which you've never seen, which you need to see. It's directed by John Carpenter. It's rather good. Um, but there's uh, a scene. I, I'm aware. But there's a scene which uh, the ghost zombies. They're not zombies, but they're ghost zombies, if that makes sense. It doesn't, but go on. They're ghosts more, but they're like physical embodiments so they can break stu- through stuff, if that makes sense. Okay. They break through this church, and it reminds me a lot of that scene. Um, yeah, and uh, we finally get the, <laughs> the interview with the zombie. You might have heard the interview with the vampire, but we get an interview with the zombie in which uh, Ernie's like, listen, why the fuck are you like preying on this? And it's basically explained, like, it hurts to die, which, you know, hey. Well, I, I think she's like, it hurts to be dead. Because they can, she says they can feel them rotting. rotting. And the only thing to supplement that is. For some reason. Is brains. Again, they're not trying to actively kill humans. Yeah, they just want to eat some brains. Right. Uh, which, again. Makes, Why makes her well again? It makes their more motivation more animalistic than like. Is this movie what made it into brains? 
because I don't know if I if I can think of something that had like brains be the zombies motivation before like a lot of stuff just has zombies motivation be flesh but we we know the like I, I, pop actually, culture ubiquitous you know thing I, of brains I think this is low-key the first film again don't quote me on that but I think this is because again Night of the Living Dead it was flesh mm-hmm. they fed on flesh they just ate meat people right uh, there's the very famous shot with them eating a rotisserie ham leg that looks like a person because uh, it's implied that it's in person uh, so I, I I do think this is the first film to be like these brains and that's what they're eating and again it explains that again they're not eating brains because they want humans to eat it's again they just need brains because that's the only thing to dull the pain and again it makes again I'm not saying I'm not excusing zombie behavior but again it makes their Zombies not, are a little problematic, I'm not, guys. I'm not Disney and trying to explain Cruella DeVille's motivation. I'm just saying, oh, like... No, do it like, um, you know, that movie Warm Bodies? Oh, yeah. With Nicholas Holt? Is that yeah. Nicholas Holt? Yeah. I think it is. Um, so, and, and this is a fucking good effect where this fucking... She's a half yeah. corpse. And her spinal fluid is like every time she moves her spine around, her spinal fluid slowly comes out. That's a valuable resource. Can't be losing that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and again, it's uh, she. She's just like brains will dull the pain. At this point, uh, Frank, no, uh, Spider, Eddie, wait. Ernie. Spider, Ernie, and Bert. Bert decide the best option is to lock Frank and Freddy both in this church. Because, like, they're slowly, like, seeing, oh, they're probably going to turn. Uh, they, they, they lock them in there, and Tina's like, no, I'm going to stay. Because she just fucking loves Freddy so much. Not worth it. Not worth it. At this point, I think we cut to this comical scene where the new ambulance shows up. And, and they just immediately get fucking tanked. They just immediately just... Tackled by a bunch of fucking uh, zombies. Yeah, I think... No, that's the cop scene later. It's my favorite thing. One of the zombie yells, Get him! <laughs> <laughs> and... But that happens later. We'll get to that. So at this point, again, I'm pretty sure one of the zombies now calls for actually police to arrive yeah. on the scene. Uh, which is uh oh. No, no, I thought I thought it was um I think that's later because eventually they call the cops, don't they? But they're calling out the cops because they're already on the scene, remember? Because they're at the barricade. Because the helicopters. I I think the up. so I think Chase and the other girl because they call nine one one and they're like get the cops here, but then they get interrupted by a zombie. So I think the cops get sent because of that. Oh uh, okay okay I forgot about because again sometimes we'll cut to Chase and this one girl for yeah. like a second because mm. they're just still not there, that important right. Uh, yeah, I do remember that because that yeah the zombie bursts in, and then like they lock the door behind him and throws the 
phone at the uh, glass door. Mm. But I think they're able to barricade it in. Anyways, we cut back to Frank and Freddy. Freddy has finally kind of fully turned. Mm -hmm. He has this like, like little piece of dialogue where he's like, "I finally realize what it like, what it's all about." Yeah, and that's fresh brains. And we get this like slow mo, like half FPS like frame of like Freddy going for Tina. It's weird. It's a weird little sequence. Uh. Tina thankfully pushes Freddy to the ground and she gets up and starts running. It's still in this weird FPS mm -hmm. where uh, he's chasing after her. Cut to normal FPS finally. Uh, yeah, he's chasing her. Thankfully, she once again pushes him down and then all the other people. Yeah, Bert, Ernie, and Spider come in. Come They're in. fighting. And Frank just dips out the back before anyone notices. Yeah, he just leaves. Just gone. Uh, yeah, and then they, they all start beating the shit out of Freddy. Uh, Ernie dumps some nitric acid on him. Oh, yeah, because it's set up that she's like, oh, yeah, I'll have this. And then, like, Bert's like, that's not enough for all of them. Yeah. We got hundreds of them. It seems like it's going to be a bigger thing than it actually ends up being. Yeah, it's just him throwing it on his face uh they they lock the doors of the church and they go back into the uh the mortuary where uh spider gets rather pissed at the one female corpse that's half severed for going brains brains and uh spider like picks up i think uh this thing of uh normal fluids and is about to hit her and and Ernie goes, no, huh? Oh, <laughs> no, you can't, don't, <laughs> and just stops him. I don't know. I think at this point we cut to the police, like, oh, we gotta send someone, yeah, to the scene, and they, <laughs> they, okay. I think this happens a little while after, but we gotta talk about the scene where the cops finally arrive, because I think it's not too much. Yeah, after. I mean, I think we cut to back to maybe a scene between Chase and the, the one sequence, girl. The sequence of events in this movie is genuinely not that important. Right, there's just fun moments that happen. Uh, so the police arrive, and the one medical person who's still actually a person, that, well, kind of a person that, who can still talk at least, is like, over here. And the police are like, oh, okay. And then the whole medical examiner goes, get him. And we just see zombies just hoard them. Womp them. And then one of the cops, and I thought, I think this is cool because you can see his uniform and stuff. He's He goes over and he goes, more cops. <laughs> uh, and yeah, eventually more cops do show up, but that's another story for another time when we get later into this. We only have three. This this film goes by quick. It's it does. All, it's it does. only an hour. And Apart 30. from the fact that we kept pausing it. Right. Uh, but that was just by happenstance of our own lives. Other than that, it would put it probably going by really quick. So we <laughs> we get uh, Freddy trying to burst out of the church because he really wants these brains. Mm -hmm. He wants Tina's brains. Yeah, so uh, 
he he bursts out they lock the 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 in the mortuary and they're like okay we gotta think of a plan and spider's like let's get the fuck out of here and they're like okay but like how so they kind of devise this plan at this point i think the other cops have showed up and got fucking wrecked because the helicopter is there to be like listen this is the police blockade (laughs) if you want to get out come to the blockade so uh oh actually that happens while they're driving actually i think when they start driving away because uh the other cops start driving up and then they uh, see the police, other policemen get fucking ate by the zombies. Uh, yeah, so they devise this plan where uh, suicide, not suicide, Spider and Bernie. What? Did you forget their names? Bert and Ernie. Which yeah. one of them goes with Spider? Bert. Bert goes with a uh, Spider. Uh, so, uh, their plan is because, oh, at this point, at, uh, trying to block, uh, Freddy from coming in, Ernie has injured his leg. Yeah, he broke his foot. He has broken his foot. So the plan is that, uh, Spider and Bert are going to drive up and they're going to hop in. Uh, that does not work. Uh, (laughs) they go into the car and there are just too many zombies. So Spider and Bert both drive away. Spider is very pissed by this because he has this thing with like loyalty. And it's like, why are you driving away? Uh, and, and, and Bert's like, listen, I'll call the police. We'll get them later. And then it cuts to Tina and Ernie. And Tina's like, those bastards have drove away they left us <laughs> and ernie's like listen bert's They'll a come good back bert, bert will come back bert will come back once again positing your theory that these are very two much gay men two gay lovers and we're here for it we never hear about bert's wife do we we hear about uh frank's, frank's wife oh we should talk about we frank. get to frank Frank, where'd Frank go? Where where did Frank go? You thought he would pop up and be like a typical zombie, but no. Uh, Frank has this heroic act where he he goes to the crematorium and sacrifices himself. Yeah, he, he has a much he has enough awareness where he's like, I don't want to be like them again. Surprisingly deep for this yeah '80s horror comedy. He, like, kisses he, his ring. He takes off his wedding ring, puts it on the switch for the crematorium. Right, and then... And s- earlier, we get a callback. He's like, I could operate this thing. And he does. He does. Uh, And, yeah, he sacrifices himself. Again, this is an 80s horror... Comedy. Comedy. Porno. Porno that has one, <laughs> one of the weirdest, deepest moments in all Salty history. Um... I don't. Again, I think this is the only uh, one of these films that ever gets this deep. Again, I haven't seen the sequel, so I can't speak to that. Um, man, what even happens after this? Like, so uh, Bert and Spider meet up with Chase and the one girl. Uh, 
because there's just too there's many, so many zombies. There's so many zombies. And again, it's feasible. This this cemetery is quite large. So it is feasible for all these zombies to be here. Uh yeah, they they they're like, listen. <laughs> well, there's this funny moment where they're like, Who owns this establishment? And it's like, this guy. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, let's go to the phone in the basement they're like no no you can't go to the basement mister there's this horrible zombie he's like all right i'm gonna devise this plan cut to tina and uh ernie who have uh finally climbed up into the crawl space of the uh, embalming room uh and horrifyingly uh freddy is banging his uh eyes are like melted because yeah they got blinded by the acid uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're blinded and melted, kind of. And uh, Freddy's like, I'm gonna get you, Tina. Like, I'm still here. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it, it's very tense. They, they uh, first, we get a scene <laughs> of where uh, Bert finally, in quotation marks, kills the tar man and by knocking its head off so he can't really see so they all squeeze by him they lock themselves in the basement they call the police and are like connect me to the blockade now and we get like a uh, cut to the blockade and at first it seems fine and then uh, <laughs> the a bunch of zombies just take over and the cops are including like, trash the cops are like stop no halt and then try and start shooting them and again as we've previously established these zombies are still dead bullets won't fucking affect them and they just tear through this blockade so uh bert kind of goes to the last resort and calls the number that's on these tanks and it connects the army yeah it connects to this one guy who we've never met before who connects him to this one character that was set up from the very, very, mm-hmm. very beginning of the film. Before the opening credits, I would like to note. And it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, basically, we learned that they're going to nuke Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> there is no other option. That is what they're going to have to do. And they nuke it. Yeah. That is the end of the film. They nuke Louisville and are like, oh, but the rain will make it all go away. And then we get a shot we've seen from earlier of the skeleton rising out of the ground and opening his jaw. It's like the U.S. Army can only accomplish one thing. You know, there's one solution to a problem, which is just kill a bunch of people. And that doesn't even work in the end. Cause it doesn't work. We've pre-established. We know it doesn't work. That the rain will just cause more zombies to happen. Cycle of violence. Twin uh, Peaks. Little Twin Peaks moment. Little little, little Twin Peaks moment. Uh, except exemplified in this 80s horror comedy. And that's Return of the Living Dead. A pretty enjoyable film. Yeah. In my opinion. And uh, it's... I'm going to put it in my top 10 zombie movies. It, it's a damn good zombie film. Uh, 
I mean, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people forget that there are two options you can go into of, like, either you want to believe in Dawn of the Dead is the true sequels and Day of the Dead, or you can believe that Return of the Living Dead and its sequels are the true sequel to the, the Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, I mean, I'd say this film references night of the living dead even more than the actual dawn of the dead or day of the dead those just happen to have zombies in them it's, yeah it's kind of like the apocalypse trilogy with uh john carpenter it's just they happen to have the same themes and such in them mm-hmm. um what but, would you what would you rate this film let's start doing ratings uh this film again is in my sec is my second favorite horror comedy i'd say it's my third favorite zombie film after day of the dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead okay uh in horror movies of all time i'd say it's in my top 30 Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna rate this um eight out of ten uh What's that? Acid trioxic. Uh, you had it so remember. Man, I was doing so good you should about just it. Do brains. Uh, I'm gonna rate it eight out of ten. Zombie goth gfs. <laughs> uh, it it it. I mean, is it a pretty standard film plot for zombie films? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have some of the most memorable iconic zombie moments in I think zombie films? Yeah. Yes. It, it, again it's I, the first film that i again could be we both could be wrong about this but i actually am starting to think about it that references brains, brains. as like the source of food for zombies and again it doesn't introduce it in a, like uh we're not killing again we're just killing people by happenstance it's just that's the only way to get these yeah it's very animalistic uh it's it's the first film that introduces kind of smart zombies. These are zombies that can just, you know, call more police to the scene to get more. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the first zombie films uh, I before Shaun of the Dead that's meta about its zombie commentary. Uh, I, I love Shaun of the Dead. It's, I, I think, one of the best zombie films ever made. But, again, uh, this film, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well i hit the brain it didn't work well that's how it worked in the movies <laughs> uh and it's great uh i i i could not recommend this film uh more than enough it's it it, it is it a serious horror film by any means no no don't go into this film hoping for like a hereditary or midsummer experience but it'll scare you It'll, it it has some spoopy moments. It might scare you. Uh, I I I I am fucking fearful of the tar band to this day. I think that he he's pretty spooky. He he's a pretty spooky zombie performances performance. There are other performances performances fuck in this film that are also spooky that are zombie. Um, but I guess it's no um the Conjuring three the devil made <laughs> me do it. A film which I I fuck I forgot to mention that in horror movie I have horror movies I have. Oh, you seen. watched it? I did. Well, that's 
one of our friends was very shocked by the film and i had to go help them work through it should we should we do the conjuring like series watch soon uh i I, re- I really don't want to devote an episode to each film in this series. I'd rather we do it in, like, three parts, honestly. I mean, I, I feel like we'd have to do one part where we just review the films that are just called The Conjuring. Yeah, can we do, like, The con- the Nun and The Conjurings? Right, and then we'll do The Annabelles. Annabelles. Do you want to do it in, like, two episodes? Yeah. Or? Okay. Uh, Annabelle, again, was the first the first Annabelle was the first movie in horror movie I ever seen in theaters. Maybe let's do it in like four episodes. So we split the Annabelle series in half and the Conjurings yeah. and the Nun in half. It's like how the Lord of the Rings was originally going to be set. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on the next episode of Fright FM, we are going to talk about Francis Ford Coppola's director Bram, of the Go- Godfather. Bram Stoker's Bram Dracula. Stoker's Dracula. The film that posits it is the most accurate adaptation of the novel by putting the actual author's title author's name in the title of the film starring keanu reeves keanu reeves gary oldman anthony hopkins Mm -hmm. winona ryder um is the first adaptation to actually mention quincy by name because uh quincy is a usually a character from the novel to get put into another character of the vampire uh you know the, the the group that goes against uh dracula in the end mm-hmm. usually gets combined with another character um but is the first to actually have quincy and it's played by um oh my god uh 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 as you wish um saw um uh, bob odenkirk is in princess bride and saw oh my god oh uh carrie Ulls. yes how do you I, i've never learned how to pronounce his name uh, i've always said carrie Ulls. as as Nice. Um, I thought I thought you were talking about uh, Saul. I thought you said Saul, as in Saul Goodman. No. uh, I guess this is this will be the third film that we're going to talk about that stars Anthony Hopkins because we have talked about Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal both. Yay! Um, Well, and Red Dragon. Oh yes, Red Dragon. Fourth. Yes, uh, two of those films are good. One of them is not. Um, This film. Is in my top hundred. Would I consider it a great film? Bram Stoker's? Yes. No. Uh, is it a good film? Yes, on a effects level and on some of the acting performances. Is it a wonder that Keanu is left out of any of the trailers of this film ever? No. So I'm thinking of a trailer for Bram Stoker's Dracula, and all I can picture in place of Gary Oldman playing Dracula is Will Ferrell's character in... Zoolander, <laughs> because of the hair. Yes, because of the hair. Because he it is. is entirely because of the hair, and I, I, I'm, I'm placing Will Ferrell as his character in Zoolander in this movie. Maybe after we talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula, we should talk about the BBC miniseries. Uh, I've not watched this, but I remember you uh, and Rose talking about this. Um, it's. It's bad. Thanks, Stephen Moffat. Thank you, Stephen Moffat. All right. Uh, I think we've talked enough about Return of the Living Dead. We've talked about what we're going to do next. Mm-hmm. So I'm Mason. And I'm Daniel. And, and this, this 
is Fried, Fried FM. FM.